Happy Wednesday, everybody. I'm Flying Flamingo Jade, and I want to thank you all personally for um, being part of our show for one year. We've made it 52 weeks, and I still can't believe that it's been one year. And I am very happy with everybody that we've had on the show. We've had a couple cancellations. We made it through. We had girls' parties. We had boys' parties. Um, but we've met a lot of people throughout the year, this past year. And when Eric and Shane talked me into doing this, uh, with Krista, I was kind of like panic mode and couldn't believe I would ever be doing this ever in a million years, but you guys are awesome. And thank you again. And I would like to, um, start the show. Have a good show and sit back and relax. All aboard! Let's ride. Get along with me tonight. Cruise slow motion, chase the sun as we burn one down. Get along with me tonight. We go high as a mother. Woo! Nothing's gonna stop us now. Na na na, no no no. Ain't nothing gonna stop us now. Just in case you forgot, Mr. Worldwide, the world's my block. I'm like time, I never stop. I'm from the bottom, y'all keep the top. See nobody, feel no one, still the hottest thing under the sun, still got it locked. Uh -huh. And it's never, ever, 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 ever gonna stop. You can knock me down, but you won't knock me out. I love it when they count me out. Now let's party to the nights that we can't remember with the friends that we can't forget. Get lit. Get lost with me tonight. So coming to Bad Apples with all of these paramotorists and just seeing all of the activity in the sky has just been incredible and, and hard to fully understand what that feels like until you're here doing it. My name is Gladys Lufke. I trained in January of 2021. It took me 32 flights to get on my feet and once I figured it out and dialed it in and was able to do it, it has been the most fun I've ever had. I, was very apprehensive to fly for the first six months after training. I always did it, but I was scared to do it because I knew what the landing was gonna look like, but getting that landing dialed in, and I really thought that I was failing at paramotoring because I couldn't figure out the landings, but talking with some of the other girls who've been in paramotoring, you know, and them telling me, oh, 25 flights or 35 flights, before I got to my feet made me feel better. So girls just wanna fly with Jade Lear. They were the first girl group that I connected with on Facebook and then YouTube. I watch their shows every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. And it's just a lot of fun. There's some guys that come on and give their support for the girls flying. And then just really listening to other girls talking about their experiences because we don't have enough girls in this community. We need more girls. And today's an exciting day. You're gonna do a tandem, are you excited? Yes, I'm super pumped. So this girl hasn't got up since June 2020 when she got her training. We're gonna go with PBG Pirate. What up? Yeah, he's got it set up, so have fun. Thank you. Take lots of pictures, I'll see you in the air. I have no intention to do anything acrobatic or dangerous, or <laughs> we're just going for a nice little cruise. No worries. It's the best thing that can ever happen to a person. You don't know it until you know it. And uh, the last two and a half years of my life have been the most amazing since I've trained at Aviator. And then you get to come to these events 
and see all the people. And it, the experiences never stop. It's almost like your first flight over and over again. Get it off with me tonight. Nothing's gonna stop us was so long oh it was good it was a nice intro <laughs> <laughs> so Deweese how is everything with you I'm doing very well how about yeah. you yeah I'm hanging in there had a rough day today at the doctor's office but uh I got yelled at and told <laughs> told to get my leg in gear and get moving and start learning to walk otherwise he's going to go dig back in there and he's going to prove to me that he can bend it at 130 degrees and he's going to take a picture of it for me. And I'm like, nope, uh, no. <laughs> not get happening. To get to work. <laughs> yeah, it just hurts. Yeah. So anyway, Steve, how are you? Good. Are we it's keeping good you flying? flying? Um, today was flyable, <clears throat> but I had a lot of work to do at my job. And last night I was editing a video for six hours straight, looked over to my left and Saw that I plowed through 12 beers, so a little tired, but no, I've, I've gotten some great flying in, uh, except for that I almost flew into a thunderstorm last week. Oh, did you get wet? So that's kind of stupid. Don't want to do that. No. Did you get wet and at all? My fault. I saw the cells, and what do I do? Oh, I'm going to go take a cross country and check something out. Yeah. Did you get wet at all? Uh, it started raining as soon as I landed. Oh, okay. And it wasn't the lightning that spooked me. It was seeing the wall of rain coming after me. And I was like, yeah, I got to get down pretty quick. Hmm. Yeah. 
All right. DP, does say, DP said it doesn't seem like it's possible that it's been a year, and it truly does not. I know. It really doesn't. It's just like about a month ago, I was like, holy crap, it's just I, unbelievable. And we got Lori Fisher in here. She was one of our guests with her daughter, Cora. Hi, Lori. Thank you for joining. I invited all the, the past gals to say hi in the chat, so I'm hoping they can join in. And Kay Ray, hey, Kevin. Thank you very much. And thank you guys for all being here again. You know, like I said, it couldn't do it without you. It's like it was an it's a nice push each week to show you pictures of everything that we do each week. Um, and Deweese and I for a while they're doing some of our goofy Snapchats and Krista trying to get her to do some goofy Snapchats and um, just pictures all over and meeting everybody. I, I love doing that and sharing that. And yep. Wendy. Yep. And Angie. Yep. Another two guests that were on in the past. So, all right. So enough about us. Let's talk about our awesome guest that we've got tonight. She thinks she's nervous, but there's no reason to be nervous. Yeah. She's really awesome. She's helped us out on last year's Moonshiner um, show. She actually went out into the field and helped because we were having audio problems and internet problems. And she went out and did an awesome job and did some interviewing out on the field. So let's invite Susan Ray in. Hi, Susan. Hello. So I think this is time number four. Oh, yeah. Moonshiners Thanksgiving. Yep. A couple months ago. I just haven't. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were awesome at Moonshiners. That oh, was my God. So that, that was, was awesome. I refuse to go back and watch that. I'm scared to death. I still oh, haven't it was seen awesome. it. It really was awesome. I was jealous. I wanted that job. <laughs> I have no idea how much moonshine may have been consumed leading up to that. <laughs> nice. That's crazy. So. Um, which, which brings me to one of Hot Buttered Steve's comments on the Monday night of needing to dial this back a little bit but what you got here's the thing susan we ain't no quitter <laughs> <sighs> yeah all right so i've got one question uh oh why do you have the name of one wheeled grandma um because I needed a new Instagram handle and with like Sean Simons being PPG grandpa, oh. the one wheel grandma thing just worked. Are you a grandma? Um, pardon? Are you a grandma? Yes. I have um, two grandkids. A, I didn't know that. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, I'm a grandma and I ride a one wheel, so that's why I'm one wheel grandma. Well, that makes more sense now that I know that. <laughs> I'm old. I'm old, Jade. Uh, no. Yes. I'm retired and I'm old. So. And you ride a one wheel every day so through the woods. I have a one-year-old and then a 10-month-old grandchild. So oh, okay. girl, best thing ever. Nice. Well, congrats. Now that I know that. And you ride your one. I should. I should have sent you a couple pictures with them, huh? right? Well, that's so why I asked. It was like some crazy name because I was slow. 
I didn't know. I meant to ask in the <laughs> the pre-show, but we ran out of time. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Um, it's yeah, it's as easy as that. I ride a one wheel, and I'm a grandma. Cool. And I and needed you're... a new handle, so there we go. So tell us a little bit about your one wheeling. So you're um, big into that, right? Part of your paramotor journey, right? What is you learn to ride a one wheel and you learn to paramotor, they kind of, you know, go together. I opted for Varla. I'm not breaking my collarbone. Right. <laughs> but you don't have to get hurt, just like with paramotoring, it's as safe as you make it. No, you do have to get hurt. And, That's the rule. Um, <laughs> so this is why I sent the picture of my ankle with the black and blue and the I don't think I got that injury on the ankle and the uploaded files. Um, cause that was my first one wheel injury. So Brian Haybale Waller, who's my husband's yeah. wingman, which I should have put in my bio that I'm just Brian Waller's wingman's wife. It's <laughs> really all the bio I need. Um, a couple Thanksgivings ago, he was just like setting his one wheel out down at like Wales and he'd be like, Oh, whoever wants to ride it, ride it. Right. And so I'd take it and sneak it behind one of the hangers and ride it around on this flat grass area where my husband couldn't see me because <laughs> he was not in favor of my riding a one wheel. Um, so like I spent an hour just working out the one wheel thing. And it's kind of like with paramotors. It's one of the things I love so much is having a new thing that I can suck at. And it's just like... <laughs> Like, here's this new thing that I'm terrible at, and I've got this whole learning progression and ahead of me. I get to, you know, work my brain, work my body, figure out how to do all this. And then once you get proficient enough, now you have all these other things before you. Do you want to race? Do you want to do tricks? You know, do you want to fly acro? Like what kind? It's um, very much goes hand in hand. And actually, I'm so glad I ended up doing the one wheel thing because when I was at paramotor training, had I not had that one wheel for going back and forth between my teardrop trailer and our, um, our LZ at the Wachula airport in Florida, like just the number of miles that I rode that thing back and forth between the trailer and different stuff at training. If I would have had to been walking that, you know, <laughs> um, and then, so with one wheels, the most amazing thing with one wheels, though, is just like with paramotors, it has this whole group, this whole universe of people and friends out there that you didn't know you didn't, that you needed. So just in my Raleigh and my Oak City, Oak City one wheel crew, um, I mean, we've got like a thousand people in that group. And then we have a huge festival and stuff and we have people that race and people that do tricks and people that just ride greenways and chill out. It's kind of a little bit of everything. Now, but did just you just like have with, that? Just like with paramotors, it's this whole family that just kind of coalesces around, you know, this shared activity. Um, and it just makes it even all the more amazing. <laughs> did you just have that, pair, uh, that one wheel festival? So, our one wheel festival that we have here in Raleigh, um, we had it in May 
And we moved it from the previous year. We had had it in the summer and it was like not the time of year to have it down here. <laughs> so we bumped it up and then now we already have next year's scheduled. So that is a crazy fun time with hopefully this year I, um, I bought a race ticket and then I gave it to someone else. But next year, I think I'm all in on trail racing. I keep getting injured doing stupid things like landing a paramotor on pavement. Um, yeah, so, I would land on pavement. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, know. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm at 14 flights. Landing on pavement is not in my. <laughs> yeah, not I've landed on, on gravel on. once and yep, I've got scratches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, so yeah, it was totally fine, but my, I have some ankle and knee issues already. And it happened right before the race was right before Shredfest. So I was just like, I'll let someone else race. I'll try to behave. Hey, and so Lori Fisher's got a question. She wants to know if you've ever tried kiting with your one wheel. I haven't yet, but I'm dying to. Um, and part of it is an issue with just even having anything line up right now with the right winds to be kiting. It just, it seems like the weather has just been. Yeah, I think it's crazy the last, you know, year and a half and not working in my favor when I need it to be. Right. But it's, it's on my list of things to do. And I would love to be able to, you know, launch off a of one wheel, but I don't think that is ever going to happen. Yeah. There's a guy named Mark. He goes by the beard. He's out West. And that guy will just kite up and down yeah. runways on a one wheel. It's pretty amazing. Oh, yeah, I mean Judson can land on a one wheel now, yeah. you know, and it's just like um, instead of making that a goal of mine, I need to, you know, dial it back and be safe and not pretend I'm 20 when I'm in my 50s. So yeah, right. Well, Shane Wyman wants to know how many injuries on your one wheel have you had? Um. So I'm pretty good with the one wheel with not getting injured. And part of that is, so martial arts background and knowing how to fall and knowing how to roll and knowing how to not do something like break my collarbone, right? I mean, not that it's not out of the ordinary, but um, so I tend to fall backwards more than I do forwards. So like, I don't go supermanning off of the one wheel. I usually am more likely to like hurt my tailbone or something. Um, but my first, I had a, I had one, one wheel injury in the first week where my board with where I was riding off road, like jammed into me and it like 35 pounds hitting my ankle. Um, that wasn't the, the greatest, but otherwise I just, I probably have more paramotor injuries than I do one wheel injuries. You wear any kind of protective gear when you're riding? I'm sorry. You wear any kind of protective gear? when? You're yes. Riding? So, and my club is very serious about protective gear. Um, helmets, wrist guards. I wear elbow pads almost always. Um, and then depending if I'm riding mountain bike trails and trying to race mountain bike trail stuff and trying to 
get Strava times and things like that, then I'm going all out with knee pads and hip protection. The only thing I don't have yet is I want to get uh, back pad protection and get a new underbase and protect my back and spine a little bit since I do fall backwards. If I fell forwards, I'd go with a chest protection, but I never land that way. So you're wearing football gear? <laughs> I do. Land. So actually, I wear mountain bike gear um, is what works best for me. But I also ride mountain bikes, so I can use it for both. Nice. So yeah, mountain bike gear on one wheels is a, a really good option. Yeah. Steve, why don't you ask Angie's? <laughs> so Angie Drum asks, which martial arts style? So um, Taekwondo and the style is a very Korean traditional Taekwondo. My grandmaster came from um, Korean army, Taekwondo teaching and being in charge of that team and everything before he came to the U.S., how which is also how I met dad? So that's also how I met my husband is we had the same grandmaster and we were living in different states and we were both competing in a national tournament and we met at a national Taekwondo tournament. Wow. It's crazy. That's brought up because like the other night I got attacked and I yeah. got some karate abilities. Like I could chop a three right. board. Well, the problem was, is they came at me with a four-inch board. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, I'm screwed. <laughs> That's where the permit to carry. I'm just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you survive your attack? I guess. <laughs> He's here. <laughs> you should have seen the other guy. Yeah. Right. What was it, a cat? <laughs> 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 It was a dog. Yeah. yeah. You tell him, Eugene. <laughs> yeah. So right. we actually met in Kansas and then I was in Minnesota. He was in North Carolina. And it was kind of the race of who moved where first and who got a job where first. And so it worked out. Up, did he move up there first or did you? No. So I was working, I was at the University of Minnesota at the time, and um, it took probably nine months to get a job at Duke. So I left Minnesota, got a job at Duke, and moved to North Carolina. Nice. Um, let's see. Karen Up says... <laughs> Summary says you have 14 flights. Does that include training? Yes. Um, flights that a person gets at training, of course, count. But my flights at training, so I had my first round of training, I had two flights. And then um, my total flights with training, I later had four so then I was at six. Um, so I had six flights with an actual instructor on the radio. 
So I've only had, and that was spread out over, I had two flights in. We just need to get into the whole training story, don't we? <laughs> right now. now. <laughs> oh boy. All right. So do you have your own beer? Yes. Um, and I've only had two flights on school gear. Okay. So what are you flying? Gladys is, in, is inquiring. Yes. Um, Besides so the watermelon. I've, <laughs> okay. This was the most hilarious thing. I have to tell you this, Jade. Last night we're at this field and somebody who's interested in paramotoring was coming out to watch and to see all the equipment and all that stuff and was just so excited. I get my wing out and I open up my wing bag and he's like, oh my goodness, it's the Irish flag, right? <laughs> and I'm like, you have to tell Jade that because she thinks it's a watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, of course, just tried to start talking his wife into flying. But there you go. Yeah, he, from the top, he immediately recognized it as, which is not why I have those colors, though. That's another training story. Um, so I fly a Ozone, and I'm only flying a Mojo Power 2. And I plan on flying it for quite a while. Um, whether I move up to... It's also that is a watermelon. You know, a spider on the Ozone line, or whether I jump ship... Um, we shall see, but with currently only averaging a flight a month, um, <laughs> it's going to be a long time till I need a new wing. <laughs> uh, why once a month, Susan? Uh, well, so that's the true. average. I've gone many months at a time without being able to fly. Oh, okay. So, so I don't buy that excuse. <laughs> well, no, we'll cover all that. But on the equipment thing, my other thing with equipment, um, I'm flying a Fly Products. What is it? It's the Eclipse There's with an Atom 80. And I'm doing that because of the weight is one big reason. And then things like the easy ability to tear that thing down really quickly and put it back together and the minimalist seat and being able to weight shift in it. Um, eventually I'll probably move up, but right now I'm flying Adam 80 with the Eclipse and loving it. So I love sunsets. Yeah. <laughs> Angie wants to know what's your biggest challenge with PPG? YouTube shows. You know. <laughs> My biggest challenge at the moment has been places to fly from. So in the 14 flights that I have had, they've been in three different states at seven different locations. Um, I need one place to fly from where I can get my launching and landing consistent and dialed in and have a whole bunch of repetition. And I just don't have the best location at the moment. So that's probably my, my biggest challenge. And then my second biggest challenge would just be myself. What's going on in this picture? 
So that was um, Travis Burns and Kyle Mooney mm -hmm. being the most amazing, calming people in the world that they are, getting me hooked in for my first tow flight. Mm. So, um, so my ventilating. My 14 flights is definitely not counting toes. I have had like 15 toes. Oh, did you wow. love toes? I love toes. They're amazing. But this is where with my training situation, we had two tow machines, four students, and then like eight instructors. Like um, everything was so crazy. But to have two tow machines for four students, uh the first tow day at training in Lake Wales, I got like eight toes in or six toes. It was, I have to look at my book to uh, remember that. It was probably, I probably got eight toes because we had two tow machines split up, two students per each. So we were just able to knock out a ton of tow, towing. Yeah. Now, of course, that's also a bad thing that I had eight toes because had I gotten my landing and my flaring and everything dialed in within my first three toes, they wouldn't have kept sending me up. <laughs> There's a reason I had eight toes. <laughs> like my very first toe flight. Okay, so this is where. Wait, one second. I do have a cat yes. with eight toes. Um. <laughs> You have what? what? I have a total of 15, but we don't want to get into that, right? Like, <laughs> What did you say, yeah. Steve? I said I have a cat with eight toes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the, uh, so on tow day, I mean, just my anxiety about towing and landing and everything was crazy off the charts. Um tow day itself was just a whole fun thing. And on my very first tow, the helmet that I had on, because we didn't have motors, we didn't have our ear cups all the way down against our head. So here I am on my first tow, and then my helmet kind of like falls sideways or whatever. And so then I can't hear anything on the radio. <laughs> so Travis is... Um, on the tow machine and Kyle's on the radio and I can't hear Kyle. So my very first tow, my flare was the worst ever because I'm just like, you know, looking back in my head at different training videos and everything with YouTube stuff. And I'm like, you know, pressure, pressure all the way down in my head, but I can't hear Kyle. Um, so my very first toe, I end up like spraining my ankle and then I'm just like, you know, no way I'm going to let anyone know. I just have to tough it out and grit it out through the whole thing. And like, that was my, my first toe landing was a bad one. So Eric. I don't always roll a joint, but when I do, it's my ankle. Yeah. <laughs> So Eric took his first toe this uh, first toes this past weekend um, because normally we worked off of like a a sledding hill, right? And we never got uh, a chance when we were going through our training. So he was able to do that with some of the students this last weekend. We went back down to where we 
trained at and he he loved it it's so much fun yeah. that's what I, I got to do like six more in michigan um and that was just you know and it was so funny because at one point in michigan um I was asked if I wanted to go again and I was just like, no, I'm good. Cause I was really wanting to get all these other people that were there to get towed. And I'm just like, Oh no, I'm fine. And they're like, no, anytime you're offered to tow, you always say yes. <laughs> it's like, if someone's offering to tow, you always say yes. Yeah. Hey, Kelby's asking Susan, tell them about your landing in the orange deal. I'll <sighs> be talking about. So the whole reason that I have the green and white and orange wing is because that is like the Tropicana logo. Um, you were a Tropicana girl? So Tropicana happens to be my call sign. Um, on my second flight in Florida during training, I had an engine out. And I ended up landing in Orange Grove Oh, on my second flight, which I was not. Um, so then, I mean, throughout everything that has just, I had to go and order the wing to go with the Tropicana thing in order to actually have something to look forward to as I was recuperating from my injuries. <laughs> <laughs> It may have not have been the most graceful landing, but there was no one there to see it. So to the best of everyone's knowledge, it was just, you know, dialed right. in and perfect. Did you feel, um, so when I, I only did three toes myself and I stuck them, one of them I hit sink and hit my tailbone, but oh, I felt like I was on a struggle bus for landings when I went to motor flight for a long time. So I, I thought it was way different. Did you feel the same way? Well, so my first toes, I was on a Mojo Large and it was a older Mojo Large. So it didn't have the same shark nose that the Power 2 has. So it's like the Mojo Power Large. And so it was much more boaty. And so then it was totally different than the wing I'm flying right now. So my first toes were on that. My first two flights were on that. And then when I dropped down in size to the wing that I have, um, completely different feel. I don't feel like I ever got my toes dialed in, let alone getting my landings dialed in yet. So right now that's kind of what I'm trying to focus on is my landings suck. Yeah, my it took about flight 30 for me to even get them consistently it was it was bad see i had my very first landing was amazing loved it i was so nervous about it i had no reason to be um which is the video that jade has of me landing is my very first landing so that one was awesome but the whole thing with that one is you could send a monkey up on a paramotor and if they did what Kyle Mooney told them to do, they could land easily. So mm -hmm. it's like, I would like to take credit for my awesome first landing, but it wasn't me. It was Kyle. <laughs> so 
like in the intro, Gladys had said um, on the Aviator show, and I took a little clip of Reese's yeah. video of Gladys's invite uh, interview. Thank you, Gladys. That was awesome. Um, she's saying that it took her 29 or 31 flights to get on her feet. So, and like Shane yeah. Wyman saying, don't give up. Right. It's where I always land on my feet, but my flare's just not where I want it to be. And the momentum that I'm bringing into the ground, I'm not able to run it out the way I need to. Um, and then, like right now, my problem is, is I come in, I land when that weight shifts onto me from the wing of the motor, it ends up pushing me into the ground and I can't run it out. And then my wings, you know, overflying me, which don't like that. And I was really hoping last night that I would be able to get a good landing in, but we had like nil wind and I ended up with like two failed launches and didn't get in the air last night. So what's your uh, thought process as you're coming in for landing? Um, it's been different every single flight, which is why, because every place I've flown, the most I've ever landed at one single site has been in Michigan. I was at the same place for four landings. Like that's my max. A lot of places I've landed once or twice. So the, uh, my thought process has been different every time, which is why, like, I really need consistent location and repetition, right? Um, Sometimes, one time my thought process was, I don't care how it happens. I need to be on the ground now. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy said- I'd love to have a, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just saying, I'd love to have a conversation about this, but Again, yeah. I, I'm such a beginner myself, too, that I kind of don't either. So Wendy says she's got 19 of those same foot landings, too, Susan. Have you considered a trike? Absolutely not. <laughs> Why? I don't know what's wrong with you trike people. <laughs> Bad apples, I guarantee there were just as many, if not more, trikes than there were foot launchers. Help me out, people, in the chat. I believe it. Yes, that's true. That's true. No, I believe it. It's just for me, there's something about foot launching. I can't describe it, but it's what I want to do. I do not want to do trike. What if you even just try? When I get to a point where I'm 75 <gasps> and I've been flying for 25 years foot launch and I'm just like, I need to transition to trike. I might. Me old. <laughs> no. No, no foot saying, launchers are really stubborn. Like I've got a guy in my me, group. He's there's he's always in AFib, and he's like, no, nope, I'm something about running into the sky. So like the minute I go and have a trike, like part of me is just like, well, I might as well just get an ultralight now and go experimental and have an airplane. It the feeling is different. Yeah, like Kelby says here, I um, type A personality. <laughs> <laughs> so Kelby would know. Kelby had the unfortunate experience of getting to witness my training <laughs> um, and having to hear my nervous chatter 
during training. Um, when I get nervous, I talk way too much, and he ended up having to listen to too much of that. <laughs> that guy owes me a lot of cigarettes. Thank God he was there because he actually was able to help keep me grounded in some certain scenarios that came up during training. And I'm your, your husband. <laughs> Do you want to go drag him from the from the other room? <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey. Before we um, go any further, we're already past the 7.30 mark. We're at 7.40. Eric and I have no Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> Kelby says it was awesome. <laughs> if you want to go get a Kleenex quick and go drag your husband over here, um, bring him over. I got a t-shirt. <laughs> um, we're going to do a spinny thingy. Yay! And I'm going to give away a shirt. Um, as soon as I can get my leg downstairs, I'll probably just slide down the steps. Eric's been actually um, figuring out the screen printing. And um, I'm going to design and probably just have him make um, a probably one of the paramotor pilot um, shirts. So if it's a paramotor girl or a paramotor, um, we're going to give away a shirt tonight. So if spinny wheel thingy could show up, any of you guys, yep. If any of you guys made a comment in the chat, um, now's the time because we're going to be giving away one more thing at the end of the show. Scott Stanton. Yeah. I haven't seen him in here, but he's been making some good comments in here. Congrats, Scott. Um, if you can. Yay. Do That's you know who him? I was hoping would win. <laughs> Scott is like saving my life right now with my number one problem with paramotoring is places to fly from. Hey, Kay Ray. He's <laughs> very graciously sharing um, a location. And so fingers crossed for Good Weather Friday. Yeah. That's where we were last night was with Scott. So good. So is he a trike or a foot launcher? Foot launch. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, foot launch. Dang. I just don't understand what it is about the trike pilots. Like, do you see foot launchers trying to talk trike pilots into foot launching? Yes. My husband trying really? to talk me into it now that I got a new knee. Also, like the foot, the trike pilots are always like trying to, you know, convert me or something. Thank hey, you, Sean. Sean says happy 100th episode. Nope. <laughs> 52nd, actually. 100th. <laughs> Some days it feels well, one like year. <laughs> Yeah, one year. One year. So he's a foot launcher. Okay. It also means he didn't fly tonight. Uh-oh. So, yeah. I know Nick Griffith is in the chat. Nick, are you That's still on vacation it. this week? Or are you going to be able to fly Friday? Come on, Nick. you got to take video for mm -hmm. us and uh, tell us how Susan does. So the type A personality, I also have certain numbers that I prefer. So I'll be happy when I fly on Friday and can have a 15. Yes. flight number. That will make me happy. Yeah. That's a good number. Definitely. I'll try anything 15 times. 
Yeah. Well, I just I cannot imagine. I can't believe that I'm not at like a hundred right now. When did you first train again? So my my whole lead up to training was my husband started really getting into watching everything with paramotoring and getting sucked down the YouTube rabbit hole and all that. And he had just um, gotten his private pilot's license and was flying airplanes at the time. And we're kind of in the situation of, can we really afford to buy an airplane? Right. And then do you want to go kit built? What do we want to do? And then he got into paramotoring and he really went and decided he needed to convince me that he should be able to train. And he thought it was going to be a hard sell. So when he came to me and was just like, here's this thing I want to do, you know, it's, he had his whole reasoning. It was so much cheaper than an airplane, right? Um, only $15,000 for gear and training. And I just immediately looked at him and I'm just like, yes, what can I do to support you? How can we make this happen? Um, so he was like, at the time, aviators wait list it was you know a few months out for classes so he starts kiting a wing and doing all that getting ready to train and then he trained while i was recovering from surgery <laughs> so that was a fun thing um but at the whole time he was into you know training i couldn't even pay any attention to it i didn't care about it whatsoever i'm like i support you but i'm not interested um, cause I basically was at a point in my life where I was going to the emergency room and having blood transfusions and just doing everything I could to be alive and get through the day and go to work and do stuff with, uh, having children and running the household, all that. So it's like, I wasn't even, it was not on my radar that I would ever be doing this. So he trained and then... So he trained in November of 2019, Thanksgiving class. And then later in the spring of 2020, we've got COVID. We've got, you know, the whole world being turned upside down, depending on where you were within, you know, COVID stuff. And I was at the park one day and he was kiting and I'm like, okay, I'm, I want to, you know, try this. And I picked up that wing and I was immediately hooked. <laughs> um, I had always wanted to paraglide ever since like seeing paragliders in Switzerland in 1985. I'm like, oh my God, I want to do that, but I don't live in the Alps, you know? <laughs> and in North Carolina where I live, I mean, it's like, yes, I want to paraglide, but it's never been on my radar. And I've never been one that really wanted to fly. But like picking up this whole thing, it was just like with the one wheel. Here's something new that I totally suck at that I can have this whole skill progression in front of me and learn how to do. And it was just something that clicked where it's like, I need to learn how to do this. But then all throughout 2020, trying to line up tandems, because like everyone that has a fear of heights that flies paramotors, you know, they always say like i tell people when you're flying a paramotor it's totally different you can have a fear of heights on other stuff but with a paramotor you know completely different 
yeah, you know, do, same way. Do, yeah. do not rule out flying a paramotor because you have a fear of heights. And so I was just like, or fear I, was, of myths. I was refusing to set my goal on training until I could get a tandem and know whether or not I would get sick or not. Um, like I have a lot of different things where, you know, commercial airplane, for example, hate, hate, hate it makes me sick. I'll throw up. I mean, not a good thing. So I'm like, until I get a tandem, I'm not even going to make this my goal. Right. So Thanksgiving 2020 down at aviator, um, ended up getting a tandem from Judson and from that moment of launching with Judson on a trike, I mean, no looking back, that moment changed my life, you know, forever. The whole transformation of everything with flight, like, it drives me nuts when all of us that have done it, when we're telling other people, you know, how life-changing it can be how amazing it is for anxiety, depression, recovering from past trauma. There's like so much stuff that it can break you wide open, heal you, get you to overcome things that you never thought you were going to overcome, just turn your life completely around. Um, and like Eric Farewell, like when I would be just like, oh God, I can't train this year because of this stuff with this job and he's like well leave your job you know and it's like oh i wish i had done it so much sooner i wish i had believed everybody about how transformational it is and just when how did you take your first changing and how amazing it is so ever since that tandem i mean literally uh no looking back it's just been and and of course, like, so when I took that tandem, me and another female pilot that her husband had trained at Aviator 2, as well as my husband, and she was down there, and we both took our first tandems that weekend, and it's like we were both making plans, oh, we're going to train next Thanksgiving. So, like, 12 months out was our plan, because we could fit it into the schedule, and, uh, the minute we both landed, we're just like, nope, I need to train tomorrow. You know, <laughs> it's like, forget this 12 month type A, plan everything to the T. No, I need to do this tomorrow. So Karen Up <laughs> wants to know, why do you fly in so many areas? So the reason I've flown a few places is um, my original training was in Wachula, Florida. And I only got two flights in. And then I waited three months to continue training up in Michigan. Um, and this is where Justin was leading Edge PPG. <laughs> um, thank God for him. I mean, he, he had already had a plan with training his daughter, his wife, a friend of his um, daughter and wife over like 4th of July kind of holiday stuff. And it worked out where I was going to be able to go up there and be with them. So like, I mean, that was like the transformational week that I needed because here we had five ladies. Now I had already flown, but 
the circumstances under my previous training were so crazy. Um, but most of us didn't have, like, we weren't into motorsports. We weren't, um, didn't have a history with a whole lot of two-stroke engines. So we spent so much extra time uh, doing lean-back exercises, doing sim stuff with those motors, getting so extra comfortable with having that engine on our back and doing so many, so many hours, literally, of extra work that you wouldn't necessarily do in class. Um, being able to focus in and dial in all that stuff and have, like, no fear of your engine and to be totally comfortable with all that to get more toes in. Um, so I'd had two flights in Florida, then I went to Michigan and then the way everything worked out there, I got four flights in and then being back home, I had a whole struggle where I went another three months without flying. Um, and then I finally got a flight in North Carolina and I barely got that flight or two in before my husband and I had already planned on going to Florida at Thanksgiving. So then I got a couple flights in at Thanksgiving in Florida, like Wales. And then with um, trying to fly at home, so like in North Carolina, I have had three or four locations that I have flown at here. And it's always dependent on what's the wind direction, what's going on. Is there a soccer game <laughs> on the soccer field that I would love to fly at or not? Um, and then, so like right now during the summer, some soccer fields that I would fly at, the wind is in the wrong direction right now. Um, and then... My husband, having his private pilot's license, he can be on um, the radio for me at an airport. So we do have a few airports that are small enough that I would fly at. But like the airport that my husband flies at, um, there's a jump school, there's a flight school, there's helicopter training, there's a whole ton of planes. I don't like flying there. And then when you do take off, you don't want to engine out within a certain, you know, got a lot of woods because you just have trees. So it's like, this is where the whole location problem. Um, and, and also why thank God for Scott, <laughs> because right now his, any time that he invites me to fly, um, his, his location that he has is the best option I have at the moment. Good. So what year was it? Was it two years ago or was that last year that you so started? So I trained um, in Wachula in March of 2021. 21. Okay. And then I went up to Michigan in, so then I was like, got all my gear, took all my gear up to Michigan at the end of June, beginning of July. I, I think we started talking then. Got some more flights. Yeah. Well, so this is where, um, I mean, I was like, so hope, you know, I didn't want to be the guest with two flights, you know, 
right. and at this point i thought for sure i mean like in my head going to training being the competitive person i am i'm like i'm leaving training with x number of flights you know and then i left training with two and i'm okay with hearing that and i think everybody else is because right. it's like you just tell us your experience how your thoughts of I mean, I swear I thought I saw my grandma in a cloud on my first flight because <laughs> I had tears in my eyes. <laughs> and at the end of the day, I mean, like for people who watch this, like I remember when I first started out, like you don't always want to listen to people who feel this is completely normal because you can't relate to them. Like it was always awesome when it was like someone brand new on that's like, I still almost crap my pants when I do this, you know, like that's nice to have those people to relate to. And, and even to this so day, I have a bucket that I keep in the trailer where the paramotors go because not every place that I fly has a bathroom or a porta potty or anything like that. So <laughs> my, one of my, um, purchases during covid because depending on what state a person was driving through some of the restrooms were closed in 2020 so i actually had to purchase a bucket just to have because you never knew what was going to happen um so that comes in handy when i'm at some <laughs> random sod farm hey and there's no we bathroom have, uh, wendy weaver on here because she's got a product <laughs> She got stuck on the interstate oh. heading back down to Florida. Oh, no. She posted it on my Facebook page. So maybe Wendy will be able to come in. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's it's more of the... Um, so I... Paramotoring has saved my life in so many ways. And one of the ways it saved my life was it ended up putting me in the hands of an orthopedist who took one look at me and said, your adrenal glands are not working. You have a nutrient deficient, you know, um, nervous system disorder. Like he was able to like, okay, you've got this stuff going on that you came to me for, but here's all the blood tests, all the blood work we're going to do. And so, I mean, like, everything that has happened to me because of paramotoring has all put me in the right place at the right time. And it has just been in, insane. So although a lot of my health stuff has gotten straightened out, <laughs> I just finally got my heart monitor off yesterday, last night. Yay. Awesome. Congrats. But I have no idea what any of that data is going to yield. And then my echocardiograms not till next month and uh yeah so i think we got a new call sign for you uh oh tropicana honeypot <laughs> <laughs> so so here's the thing is um wendy curtis who wrote this amazing book that she's gotten awards for um so she trained to fly paramotor and her husband flies and they also have a balloon and stuff put that up on the screen so before my call sign was even official, like there was still a few different names that were in the running. And I was just trying to keep my mouth shut because like, if you like a call sign, you obviously won't get that one. Right. 
Um, but before it had been officially decided, she signed my call sign in the book. So that kind of solidified it. So she put to Tropicana in writing. So then when they were trying to finalize call signs, I was like, Wendy already says it's Tropicana. <laughs> Wendy of the Explorer said Wendy C was in her training class. Yes. And then she came over to Wachula right after. See, my <laughs> call sign is the Chiquita us. Banana Lady. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I got to hang out with Wendy and her husband for a week and... They're great. That was so much fun. Very, very nice people. Yeah. So I want to um, take a break for a second. Susan, you can still yes. for a second. I want to thank Justin Weaver for being in here, DP, and Angela, and Wendy the Explorer, and yeah. Walter. It's finally nice to have you on one of the shows lately. We were wondering where you've been. Angie Drum, the skydiver. Uh, Nick Griffith, Tony Marzano, Linda Anderson, Paramom, Sean Nafsker, and let's see who else we got in here. Lori Fisher and JP Tulo. Glad you could make it, Mr. TikTok. And Kelby Cox and Bill H was in here, I believe, earlier. John Wayne and Gladys. Yep. I don't know. I'm thinking Susan's going to need another hour. Yeah. If she wants to keep going, she can. All right. We're cooking with Crisco now. So. Um, I'm loaded. I got. Let's let's um. Find out where you're at on social media so people can um, subscribe to you. Um. If people just go to, you're on Facebook. I am. I don't hardly post anything on Facebook. I will post some flight stuff on there, okay. but that's about it. Um, I am adding you right now. Oh, and so, give us a thumbs up tonight, too, people. Please. The, um, OneWheelGrandma.com should have all my links to everything, so that makes things easy. Yep. I'm mainly an Instagram person. I love pictures. Um, I'm starting to dabble in TikTok. I just am not good at it. So another thing I get to suck at and, and use to grow. So that's yay. You're going to have yeah, that. Primarily, primarily um, I'm an Instagram person. You're going to have to teach me some stuff on Instagram. I need to figure out how to do the music. Music. Oh. Yeah. So here's her um, web page you can go to. It tells a little bit about her. So this is where I cannot say enough good things about One Up Adventures and about uh, Justin Fox and now Leading Edge PPG. Good. And Great my 
Right. So like my whole thing with when I was choosing to train with one up, um, this was before that I knew that Allie was working with them. And then also before I knew that it was going to be a combined class. So I was really like, I want to train with Travis and Kyle was kind of like my thing. So getting to watch Allie progress as an instructor and to watch all the things they were throwing at her with training her up and everything else. Um, that was such a huge added bonus that I hadn't expected to get to witness. And then to watch her grow in the year and a half since then has just been amazing. So it's like, uh, how long had she show. been flying? Do you know how long she had been flying before she went no, there? No, because her, when she was working at Aviator, I don't know how often she got to fly because she was, or she worked at Aviator. Is he working? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, so um, Justin making himself available to me. And then also when I was in Michigan, um, Fly My PPG and 1UP were going to do another joint class up in Michigan the following week. Mm -hmm. And Kyle Mooney was in Minnesota. He hadn't moved back to Florida yet. He was in Minnesota and he was messaging me. He's just like, what are you doing in Michigan? You know, so he ended up coming to Michigan a day or two early. Like changing his plans a little bit so that he could be there to help. Sure. Um, so I got to have Justin and Kyle and then also Bob Harris, who I just love. The three of them helped me a lot. Then my second round of training and okay. and I got to have Kyle on the radio again, which was like a huge thing for me to get over my engine out experience and to like overcome everything and not give up on stuff. Um, hey, if continuing to push on every single day and keep doing it and keep trying is. If, hey, if you had an engine out, you're golden. You've, <laughs> you've got it down now. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, so the funny thing is, though, is my engine out landing. Um, I had no problems with it. I wasn't nervous about it. It was not alarmingly scary or anything. There was a whole host of decision making processes that I wasn't necessarily ready for. But that also had to do with so many things of... Um, I had no business flying and being in the air that day to begin with. So we had had a, at the end of um, tow day, we were out on the field doing some kiting that afternoon and my phone was blowing up and I didn't know necessarily why it didn't make sense. And so then here, like after kiting session, packing up the wing, I'm making some phone calls and we had, a really close person to the family that had just tried to kill themselves and was in the emergency room, didn't know if they were going to make it, ended up in the ICU for like a week. Like um, I didn't get any sleep for like a week and a half. So like all throughout training, there's all this stuff going on in the background. And so the very, the first day that everyone else in the class was flying that I knew was their first flights, I was just like, my first decision as a pilot was I have to ground myself today 
I'm not in a place where I should be in the air. Right. So like that was one of the hardest decisions was to ground myself for a whole day. But thank God that I did because I got to watch everyone else's trials and tragedies and butt landings and butt bounces. And I had some fabulous um, classmates that I'm friends with that I talk to on the phone all the time that we just are always supporting each other and always checking in to see who's gotten a flight in and who hasn't and stuff like that. Or even questions that we don't want to ask someone else. <laughs> we'll ask each other. Um, but I got to sit back and watch all of them fly for a day. So then that actually made it easier for me when I did fly the next day. And then the next day I had just enough wind that it made it a little bit easier than what they had to deal with. So it totally was not fair. Right. Like Gladys said, so glad you landed out safely. You need to play the video of my landing. I'm like having problems with my pictures here oh, and no. everything that came through. Are you able to pull it up at all? I'm sure. I am so sorry. Oh, no. It was just so hilarious because like... I was so paranoid and afraid of my landing. Um, and then I ended up, my first landing is what I go back to and watch before every single one of my flights. David Wolf wants to know, while it was a difficult decision to ground yourself, were you proud of yourself to have the restraint to wait? Who? Um... It was a difficult decision because a person like all the money that you invest in training, <laughs> the time, um, you know, training a few states away, and then also wanting to compete with the guys and have a good enough competitive non-quitter edge to actually go and ground myself. Um, it was just one of the hardest decisions because it's not that it meant failure, but it definitely, I mean, when you want to fly, you want to fly so bad, but you know I'm not in a place to be making good decisions in the air as a pilot, right? Yeah, right. So it's like just to be able to know that I've got no business being in the air today, you know. All right. So Angie said, takes great strength to make that type of call for ourselves, but it's one of the most important when needed. So, and this is also why I'm probably only at 14 flights is, <laughs> um, you know, there's been times where there's been something that's been wrong and it's like in my brain, it's like, oh, I can just launch and fix that in the air, right? And there's people I know that would do that. And it's like, no, if I know there's something wrong, I'm killing my engine, I'm not launching, I'm fixing it now and resetting out. So um, having the restraint to make wise decisions is not always what I want to do, 
but it's what I do do. Do do. That's right. <laughs> Boo. Boo. <laughs> so if it's I always a, it's always a weird dice roll. Like when you're newer, you know, you'll have certain attitudes where it's like, I don't care if that brake toggles wrapped. I'm going for it. I'm not saying that's me. Right. Uh, compared to being ultra safe and anxious and trying to find an excuse not to do it. So it's it's a weird spectrum, I, I feel sometimes. And and honestly, this does hit me where some days I don't care. I'm just going to go. And then other days I'm just overly cautious or anxious instead of trying to find that middle ground of just thinking through it like, hey, does everything check out? OK, I'm going to go. Um, OK, so it's OK. I shredded my brake line the other day. Let me just tie it back together and go. That'd <laughs> be all right. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> the least I just mean, spoke. <laughs> there's so many people I've seen them try to they'll go and launch and crash and roll and and go and try to launch again in 10 minutes and it's like man mm. like you just the more you travel and visit you're like mm. people are crazy <laughs> Deweese would you like to care to no, I, any? <laughs> no, no more details. What'd you do, Deweezy? Uh, Deweezy, you spilled right now. She's still looking for her video. You got to tell us. So, I just wrapped some lines up in my paramotor. Oh, well, why'd you do that? I I just tore another paramotor up. <laughs> now I just wrapped up my paramotor. Uh, uh, I tore up a three lines on my wing and uh i gotta send it off and get some repairs done on the wing not on the See, wing this is why Locked. you can't watch my kids i uh <laughs> where's my uh, oh. and poor randy <laughs> he's having nervous breakdowns <laughs> oh no see <laughs> hang on hang on let's that's okay. my prop. Try to show it again. My prop. Yay. <laughs> Poor Denise. So, anyway. What? What's this, Susan? Oh, oh, nice. <laughs> Which gave me the excuse to order some e-props. Yeah. I have a collection. <laughs> you have a collection? <laughs> Uh, so, so I've got the screen share thing. I just don't know. Okay. So <laughs> go on the bottom. Do you see where it says share? Yeah, I did that. Okay. And then you got to kind of click on each one of those. Uh, click share screen. And then click probably over to window if you've got it up in the background. All right. Just a second. Let me stop it. Stop screen share. We'll start again. So share screen. Yeah. yeah. Share screen, and then it brings up entire screen window or Chrome tab. Right. So click on one of those to see where it is on your, under one of those tabs. Yeah. I did it? all that. Okay. And then when you click on it, click share down on the bottom right of that pop-up that you're just looking at. <laughs> well, that. 
like so I've done all those things. And so do you have the video yeah, up in the background? Just hold it up. Do you have the video up in the back? There we go. Oh, she's on something else here. Okay. Let's do this. Okay, now now play it. So this is my very first landing. There's Allie getting her phone out. Wow. Yeah. Perfect. Nice. Okay, now you can, there you go. Good job. On a scale from landing. one to Steve, that was a 10. So, like, that's basically what I put my, what I focus on every time before I go fly, is I know how to land, I've had good training, I've done it before. <laughs> It doesn't have to be a cluster at the, you know. But it'd be a lot more fun if it was. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, but they're not always going to be perfect like that because last weekend we went down to the school where we trained and it was fun because one, I got out of the house and onto my crutches and got some fresh air. And two, um, we got to see a gentleman that had been there like two months prior for his first day of kiting. We got to see him Sunday morning take his first flight and it was flawless. Mm -hmm. And then he tried a second time and right. he kind of stalled after he got the wing up and he just kind of stood there. So that made the wing kind of flutter around after he started going again. Then he kind of stutter stepped and went down to his knees. Then he tried a third time and not remembering what happened, but it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, he didn't break a prop or anything like that. He didn't get off the ground. He was frustrated, but he's like, let's just call it, you know, let's end with the good flight, you know, ended with a good flight on Father's Day. And he went home and, you know, I took the videos of the other one so he could, you know, study what happened on the other two. So just, they'll come. <laughs> well, not to mention, like, the more you travel, if you go to more and more gatherings, like, the people you really, really look up to, yeah, you'll see them mess up, like, oh, yeah. in ways that, in ways that you won't, and you're like, wow, I would have never messed up that bad, and it's, it's kind of fun to watch, and then you're like, I was oh, scared I to death at Bad Apples last year, and that's why we went a little early, and I'm like, okay, I'll fly ahead before everybody gets there, and did fine. And then we went to Moonshiners and um, everybody was, you know, setting up and all the foot launchers were having problems and, you know, guys that have been flying for years and it was just crazy wind. I went down to the far end of the runway because I didn't want to get seen <laughs> flubbing up. <laughs> I made it in the air. <laughs> But I think it was because I had the trees blocking the crosswinds and stuff like that. Right. So, yeah. Well, yeah. So the the seven places that I have flown at is nothing compared to the number of places I've tried to fly at. Because um, we went to Moonshiners. I went a little bit 
I guess I didn't get there till Wednesday, but then we stayed late on purpose thinking I'd be able to fly afterwards. Um, tried to fly at Payson, Virginia. There's a lot of places I've done powered on taxi practice is what we'll call it at and have not flown. So I think this year is going to be a lot better. Are you going to Moonshiners? Definitely we'll be at Moonshiners. I'll definitely be at Pace. Um, I've got a foot couple. Drag. Endless foot drag. Come on. Others I need to make it to Kennedy Creek, I think. I'd love to make it to Northern Lights. Don't know if I can yet. We'd love um, to have you there. Yes. Fingers crossed for Sir the Shore. So my last child at home is going into her senior year. Um, so after this year, there's some of those other ones that I might be able to do. But there's so much stuff I can't do with um, responsibilities. Totally get yes, it. Prices. <laughs> I enjoy not ha being responsible whatsoever. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, looking at the photos that I sent Jade, I've got one that I'm looking at right now that just reminded me of, so after my engine out, and I ended up having to land in an orange grove. Yep. So then after I landed, I'm like kind of doing the head to toes check, like not moving. Cause I've, um, I did a lot of different safety things growing up and went through a lot of different training things. So I'm like on the ground, it wasn't a perfect landing. <laughs> I went through a couple of rows of trees. So I'm on the ground and I'm like, okay, I'm not moving an inch because if I have any back injuries, I'm waiting for a backboard. Like I am not moving. And I'm so I'm sitting there evaluating from my toes up and I'm like, you know what? I think I'm totally fine. So was it a butt landing or? or what? Well, so I went through a row of trees and another row of trees and then landed in between two rows of trees. So it was a foot landing because I also in my head as I was going through the trees was doing um, white water safety of feet out, protect your head, yeah. you know, just like you would with rocks in a river, for example. Yeah. So going through the trees, um, it was definitely a foot landing, but the amount of pressure that my knees and ankles took wasn't fabulous. But so I landed between these two rows of trees and the wing landed on this third row. And I determined that, you know what? Everything's great. And of all the time, so like I do not hardly ever watch Tucker Got videos, just like YouTube and videos. This is not the place to say this. YouTube's just not my thing. <laughs> And, but I had just seen the week before Tucker got, had had an engine out in this, you know, in Florida. And so then like, so here I am, I'm just like, the radio was all screwed up. And with being able to tell everyone back at the airport that I was fine. Um, I'm like trying to stand up and talk on the radio and do all the stuff. So I'm like, you know what, everything's great. 
I know where I am because I'm a map person. I'm like, I know how they're going to have to drive to come pick me up. I'm like, I'm going to start gathering my gear and bringing it out to the road. So then I took a look at the wing and I was like, you know what? This is a school wing. I don't want to be the one to have to pull it <laughs> out of the trees and damage it. Cause it actually, you know, was the wing was totally fine. It was resting on top of these orange trees. So I took the motor and stuff, carried it out to the road. So then when Travis came driving around and then was coming down this road, I was standing out there hitchhiking. <laughs> so like, they really didn't know what they had waiting them. Kyle went and flew over to check on me and I waved at him and everything was good. And I had radioed back with them a couple times, but then I kept losing. <laughs> it was just the most uh, hilarious thing ever. And I was like calling back to the airport going, do not tell my husband, you know, because <laughs> he was in North Carolina at the time on his way down to Florida when this happened. Um, but then they came to pick me up. And so I'm standing there jokingly hitchhiking. So Travis gave it right back to me. He pulls up in the truck, slows down, and then tears off <laughs> as though he was going to leave me. So, so I'm, I'm just trying to get a visual in my head. Like, as you were going down into the, uh, it was basically an orange grove, right? Yeah. Like, and you weren't, flying, you weren't flying parallel down a road. You were going perpendicular with the rows. So... Like, so the thing is, the incident has been debriefed to death, and a whole bunch of different people um, like to point fingers and get blame and stuff going. So, like, I want to really, really avoid. Oh no! I just want to visualize what happened and getting like into it, too many it, of the details. I was in your seat, and I was like going down, like. Were you like actually kind of going through trees? Oh yeah. And... So I went literally through two rows of trees. Okay. But and so as you're it was I all mean, I, I'm just curious, like as you're in that moment, so you're going through trees, like what were you thinking? Were you able to like flare it all? How did it feel? Like that's something I'm just curious about. Um so the whole tree thing was having adrenal glands that were blown and having a nervous system disorder. <laughs> Everything that I experienced all through training was just insane because um, just having, having my whole nervous system not functioning the way it should have been. So before I went down through the trees, um, I was pretty much dedicated to doing a downwind landing like there was no way I was going to be able to turn around and head into the wind I'd be landing in trees for sure whereas downwind there was this cow pasture okay so I'm like oh look a cow pasture my motor's out I've got this paragliding wing my descent rate is going to be x I can make that cow pasture I'm like I'm going to land there we'll deal with the cows later and I'm like, the way the barbed wire fence was, I'm like, I know I can clear the barbed wire fence. It's going to be fine. Like, I was not scared or anything like that. But 
in the radio. So during training, the only thing we're doing with instructors is yes and no with our feet. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so when I knew my motor was out, no one else knew my motor was out. And then I wasn't ready to be pilot in command with everything else that was going on during training. Another situation, I shouldn't have been in the air, right? With everything between problems back at home, not getting any sleep, just powering through stuff. Um, and then I'm not the most teachable person. I like it. So, yes. So like, so like, this is a thing that I know and that I work on. And so like all throughout training, I'm like, I'm going to be a good robot. I'm going to listen. So like during this whole thing, I was so focused on doing what I was instructed to do, being a good robot following instructions. So here I was needing to be pilot in command and I should have gone pilot in command a whole lot sooner but I was so stuck on waiting to be told what to do. So I got myself in the situation where I'm going to land in this cow pasture, but I can hear everyone else back at the airport and they're talking about what is over in the space that I'm in. Cause of course I'm at training. I'm on my second flight. It's not like I'm at home looking at a map doing flight planning and everything else I would do for a normal flight. Right. So I didn't pay enough attention to what was around. So I'm going at this cow pasture and I can hear Justin Fox in the background yelling, there's power lines over there. Or it was Kyle or somebody knew exactly where I was and what was in front of me. And so I'm like eyes on the horizon, eyes on the horizon. And then I hear this, person saying there's power lines over there. I bring my eyes down and there's these power lines that I cannot clear. And I'm like, I know I cannot clear these power lines. <laughs> so that's where I said three words. They're all four letter words. One starts with an S one starts with an F and one starts with a D. So like, seriously, my brain, I said those three words and then I'm like, okay, just went straight into my training. I look left. I clear left, which I don't need to clear left. I know there's nobody there. Right. But I do it anyway. <laughs> so it's like, look left, clear left. And I had to pull a hard 90, which is why I went down in the orange groove. So uh, how was the, the last moment just like going through the trees? Like, well, so you've got two kinds of people that like, say you're in a car accident or something, you've got the people that everything slows down, you know, like matrix type mode with the bullets going past you. you know? <laughs> and then you've got the people that it's just, you know, a big blur. So for me, it's like the time slowing down type person where, um, you know, you can do your Udo loop, you can make decisions, you can be aware of every single split second of the whole thing and then relive it every single split second through your head for the next, you know, six months. Yeah. I think you handled it quite well myself. No kidding. Well, so this is, this is why my wing is green and white and orange is that was one of my ways of dealing with this was on my drive home 
from Florida. So after my husband and my daughter got to Florida, which was that same night, my husband didn't know anything about this. He walks into the FBO at the airport. He hears me debriefing my flight. And that's the first that he's heard of any of this is me sitting at the table doing a debrief with our class and our instructors. Um, so I feel horrible for him and everything he had to go through with that. <laughs> but so I had like serious delayed pain reaction. So I was up one wheeling and walking, even kiting one day without being in any recognizable pain. There would be times where I would like suddenly get like super nauseous and stuff, but it wasn't until a couple days later that my brain did a whole reboot. And now I was, oh my God, I was completely unable to do anything. I was unable to drive home. So now we had two vehicles in Florida. Um, so that was fun. So driving home from Florida is when I placed my order for my wing with my custom colors. Um, so it's like my whole wing just represents, you know, pushing forward and overcoming it and not quitting and not having that second flight define anything in a bad way, but just define everything in the resiliency way. Totally. I had a, a motor out on my second flight as well, but it wasn't, it wasn't near as traumatic as yours. I landed on the flight on the uh, airway. The was runway. it a takeoff or during? No, I, I was a uh, no. I was flying, um, coming in for a landing, and um, it just quit. Yeah. And um, but I wasn't actually. Um, it was a uh, kind of a short runway. Right. So. At least you had a runway. Yeah. So, but the <laughs> motor quit, and it was kind of spooky, but. It worked out. Right. Yeah, that's where power least, lines and trees or power lines or anything like that. go together. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where my husband has, you know, 100 hours and getting close to 200 flights and he hasn't had a motor out yet and yeah. hasn't yeah. broken anything yet. You know, he's yeah. the, the model student. Oh, I hope all my broken stuff's passed. Uh, We'll get you through it. It's here to break something, but you know that's not saying much with the number of flights I've had. We lost hot buttered Steve. Where'd he go? I think he's chasing the mailman. <laughs> oh, oh, welcome! So we still literally have thirty-one people watching. Yes, well, how about that? Thank you. <laughs> We've had a couple of people say how much they've enjoyed the show. <laughs> yeah, there's um, there's so many pieces and so many things that were so transformational with everything that, I mean, it's, it's hard to do the show, keep on track, and cover any of the things that I thought I wanted to cover earlier. Well, stuff that we've discussed in the past, um, if you're still working on it, you're welcome to come back. Mm -hmm. I hope you can. Mm -hmm. And we'll kick some butt on that. 
and keep on trucking, keep on flying. Yep. Yes, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. We'll have- I'm just like so excited that we have summer and flying weather. Mm-hmm. And when was your last flight? I have to pull up my log because it's been long enough ago. Um, June. And when 10th. you do go, no. who do you normally yeah. fly with? Just your husband, or so? Um, of the whopping fourteen flights that I've had, <laughs> so one, two, three, four, four, four. Um, my husband didn't get to see me fly until flight seven. So right now I always have him. I've always had him with me. Um, and because I'm still in what I would consider to be training mode. Cause I mean, I really thought I'd be leaving training with, you know, 30 flights or something. So for me to be at 15, I'm kind of like, I want him on the radio for me when I'm launching until like flight 25 or so, just because I want him to be just affirming what I know to be true, that my wing is good or not. And that I'm good to send it or not. Like last, last night, on my first launch attempt, um, everything was great, but there was something wrong. I had adjusted my seatboard, and I wasn't very happy about it, about the way it felt. And so I ended up killing it, but he basically, the only thing he said was, the wing looks good at one point to reassure me. And then, you know, given me a confirmation that I was good to go. It's not like he's having to play instructor and tell me um, everything to do at the moment. It's just having him there on the radio right now for my launches. So So does he go up in the air and talk you um, up like while your wing is going up saying it's, it's good or off to the left? So I'll have him. I'll have him on the ground on the radio. Okay. Um, so like ideally, like last night, I would have gone and launched and then the wind at the different altitudes would have been fabulous last night had I been able to get up there. Um, so it would be me launch and then give him the clearance. Go ahead, get your butt up here. I don't need your help. You know, um, that would be the ideal thing. I don't because I'm not very instructable. <laughs> he's not much help to me when I'm landing. Um, Cause I'm not going to be able to do what he's telling me to do anyway at this point. So. Um, You're coming down no matter what. Well, I mean, my landings, it's like, right. So I have to land no matter what I did have one landing, like squeaking in a minute before the end of legal flying, you know, at a particular airport where, his help was great because it was so dark to be able to see anything was kind of crazy. Lit up the runway, had those lights going. And this is the one I landed on the pavement on, um, which just happened to be a fluke with the runway, the taxiway, and then 
the pavement in between that's not very wide of all the places my glide slope ends up landing me is this one spot. So have you landed on many pavements? Pardon? Have you landed on the pavement many times? Just that once. So I'm typically flying um, not where I'd be landing on pavement, but at that particular airport. And the wind has to just be in the right direction to even bother flying there. Yeah. But it's do a, you, uh, how it's often a do you get out to go airport kite? that's good. I'm sorry? How often do you get out to go kite? So I used to go kite not every day, but um, I kited for like a year before training. And that was kind of my thing would be go to the park and kite during the afternoon and listen to a podcast wow. <laughs> or music or whatever, you know? Um, so I've got, I have quite a bit of kiting time. I haven't been kiting as much lately as I should be. So do but, you feel like anytime you have gone on to motor, like your glider control feels nice and comfortable to you and all that, like, is that ever a worry? Do you have anything else going in your mind? you know, when you're thinking about like, should I send it or not? Or like, what are you, what are you thinking about for like the days where it's like, nah, I'm going to call it. So, um, last night I had to call it after my second attempt. So if I, if my first attempt is successful and great, you know, those are the good days, right? Um, I, last night, it was like hot carrying my stuff around. I was hot. I was sweaty after my first failed attempt and setting everything back out. Then I tried to launch again and it was like nil wind. I couldn't even get the wing over my head. Like, I mean, it was, I could not run fast enough to get the wing up. And at that point, my heart rate was like around 160, 157 or something. And so that was where I had to call it and tell my husband, get your stuff, get up in the air. Don't worry about me. And do um, you usually attempt, attempt to like launch in very no wind days, very low wind? Cause you're on a mojo, right? I am. So the power two with the shark nose comes up a lot easier than the old mojo. Um, but like, so like last night, my first attempt, the wing came up perfect. And when I decided to kill it, the wing was just hanging there above my head. It took effort for me to get the wing down. It was just like at that perfect point where, you know, if hindsight was 2020, um, I really wish I had gotten that one in. So one of the things that goes through my head and sometimes I will set a number before I leave the house of how many launch attempts I'm going to allow myself. Um, and this is so like Cynthia, um, Greg Anthony Harris's. Mm -hmm. So like the experience that she had where she tried to launch like eight times or so and had the really bad, um, I don't know what, you know, accident 
right? So it's like the stall, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like having that whole thing and landing the way she did, and then having to overcome all those mental struggles with flying. Like I always keep myself in check with how worn out I am. Um, should it's I? Funny you bring that up, though. Should I be of her? It again or not? Well, I mean, so it's a real thing where, and especially say you're out with a group of 10 guys and everyone's like, send it, you know, like um, the attitude can be a little bit different. And that's where don't care what everyone else thinks. I'm going to side on the side of caution and not get injured, not die. Right. So it's that whole balance of, yes, I need to be more aggressive. And yes, I need to take a few more chances than I do right now. But this is also why I have a broken prop right now is I tried to take a chance and I shouldn't have, you know, <laughs> it was one of those moments where this doesn't is not the perfect launch scenario, but I'm going to try it anyway, even though I'm better. And my husband's circumstances behind the prop. So there's a soccer field that is not beginner friendly that has trees on three sides of it um we get really fun wind issues and everything but for a while it was the best spot i had the wind direction that particular day i had to go across a soccer field which then had a little bit of an uphill into a next soccer field so i was not able to get off the ground before the uphill so like trying to run uphill um, and it was like a straight and then an uphill and then another soccer field. So it's like trying to go up like that as you're running um, didn't go well, but I didn't break any lines, just the prop. <laughs> was that because of like a, a sit down or something? It was so like trying to go trying to go uphill at max speed and like, can you pull enough brake to get over it or not? And is your lean back? I mean, it was, a. Uh, okay. That's funny was, how uh, you brought up uh, Cynthia though, because for the longest time, me and, and another flying buddy, uh, like when I go to launch, even if it's no wind, there's a lot of times I wouldn't pull any brake at all. I'd just be like dead sprinting. And right. it's kind of scary because you, when you're going that fast, then you feel really out of control and like, Hey, am I going to stall? So I'd like never pulled any brake, but I never understood the physics that if you're on full board, you didn't touch any brake and your wings just flying and it's going and surging and doing stuff that wing has speed and you can actually pull stuff and be completely safe. You just ease up on it sooner. And yeah, for the longest time I wouldn't do it. And even to this day, I don't pull a whole lot of brakes, so I work a lot harder than I have to on launches. Well, and that's where, so this is where, you know, I've not flown at a fly-in. I've been to a few, though. And so, you know, getting to sit around and watch a lot of different people's different techniques and to sit and scratch your head and be like, why are they not leaning back? You know, <laughs> they could have been off the ground a lot sooner. Um, but then to be able to, like right now, last Last night, that was a problem I had where I'm just like, I got to get my lean back dialed back in 
I go I kind phases, of, you know, I go through phases where it's good and then. And I kind of, at least for myself as a beginner, like I, I've kind of realized I beat myself up way too hard over things, which is really considered finesse. So like things like posture, I'll beat myself up like, right. oh, I had terrible posture. I was running like crap on this launch and I flung in my seat and I almost sat. But like even when you're like at a fly and you're watching people and they're leaning backs and stuff like that, some of that is just developed finesse that naturally takes many people a long time to do. Sometimes you don't really need a great lean back. It's more of just a, a straight posture where you're able to take off and didn't feel like anything was wonky. But yet as like new people, we can we can really beat ourselves up with like super high standards sometimes. Well, it also depends on who you trained, where you trained, how you trained. Mm -hmm. um, in Michigan, for example, we really got focused on our leanbacks because that was one of the differences that Justin was able to identify in people's launches is how much practice you do walking around, getting your leanback dialed in, and then... I mean, if you can cut your running down by having, you know, your force in the right, instead of having to run twice as far doing this. Right. Um, wow. I, I sit here and listen to you guys talk about all how much you have to run and lean back. And that's right. All I have to do is just climb in my little trike and just hit that throttle and got to work for it. <laughs> yeah, work for it. Work for it. It's just so nice just to sit down in that truck and take off. <laughs> you gotta really gotta try it. <laughs> so I've been up on two different trikes with two different people. Um, and I was getting to a point here this spring where I'm like, I'm gonna have to go find a tandem just to get in the air because the wind and the weather and everything was so crazy for a few months. Um, that I couldn't fly. So then, I mean, this is where I went to Florida for a week, just trying to chase good wind. And then we had bad wind the whole time. And, and then while I was in Florida, everyone at home was flying. So that didn't work quite as expected. And the trees so, are pretty tall in your neighborhood, aren't they? So I'm really hoping that we don't have a super, super crazy hurricane season this year. Cause I need to rack up flights. Yeah, he'll get there. <laughs> Slow and steady. Yep. Friday will be a good one for you. Yeah. Fingers crossed. So, all right. I say hey. that but I can't fly because I have a broken prop. <laughs> <laughs> you could steal Randy's. I could. could. I would. I might do that. I'm not even married to him. I would steal his prop. <laughs> yeah. We want to steal her uh, rims off of her trike. <laughs> yeah, I got some nice ones. <laughs> so, Susan, in your yes. area, you've got a lot of wooded trees and stuff, or like very tall, nonstop forest, right? Tall trees everywhere. So um, you got to deal with Rotor Central most of the time. Well, so not just that, but as a beginner, I need places where I could fly from that... Um, so say you're climbing out with an Adam 80 <laughs> right? and your motor goes out. You don't want to be just immediately over a whole bunch of trees. 
So well, even, you've got experience in that. So why is it? So even finding a launch site that makes sense for a beginner isn't always the easiest thing. Those trees are going to be a lot different than orange trees. Yes. Yeah. Well, not as delicious. Not yeah. That's why I get pulp in my teeth. <laughs> Yeah, so, and I do have, sometimes when I am over trees, I have to battle a little bit of a PTSD reaction with that. And this is where, so like with paramotor training and all this, I was kind of using it as a little bit of a tool to overcome a whole bunch of past stuff. I wasn't ready to be adding and keeping onto the uh oh, we're back. I think she froze. No, she's just holding still. Yeah. Extremely well. <laughs> this is impressive. She told me she was going to do this. <laughs> All right. So while we're doing that, we're kind of starting to drop like flies a little bit because people are going to bed. Um, Eric's going to do one more spinny wheel and. Um, not sure if you heard about um, Northern Lights Paramotor is doing a fly-in up in Tomahawk, Wisconsin, July 8th, 9th, and 10th. So if you can make it to North Central Wisconsin uh, this year, it'll be our first annual. And uh, they're going to have a pancake breakfast in the morning. And we're hoping to have some general aviation come in. And uh, we're going to be throwing out one free pilot um, entrance on this drawing here. So if you can make it, you're in free. Oh, Steve! Oh, did I win? Hot butter, Steve! Spin it again. Spin it again. <laughs> you're on this, you can't win it. Are you able to do it again? John Wayne says he'll be there. Awesome. Karen up. And Steve are coming up to the, our fly-in. Sean Napster, I think you should me. show up. Sorry, Steve. What? Luis and Randy are driving up from Mississippi. Nick Griffin. Yep, Nick, you can thank me, buddy. Nick, are you going to come up to Wisconsin? Where is Nick again? I forget. It's not it's in North it's not Carolina. Ohio. Carolina, isn't he? North Carolina. Yeah. See, if you come up, you've got a free weekend of flying at the fly in. Awesome. So, all right. We lost uh, Susan. Uh oh. <laughs> she went out one wheeling. She gave up on us. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Um, you guys got anything else to add? We hit close to oh, two hours. Wow. <laughs> well, it's the one-year show. We got to party and celebrate. I yeah, know. That's right. Too easy. <laughs> what you got? Stevie. Oh, oh. oh there she People is. One wheeling. <laughs> we lost internet. 
and like we've got like one G, like you know, <laughs> we've got crazy good service and internet's down. So while you were gone, one wheeling, we did a drawing for a free uh, pilot registration for our fly-in at Northern Lights Fly-in. Did K Ray get it? No. <laughs> Actually, hot buttered Steve won, and he gave it up, and Nick Griffith won. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Yay, Nick! Now Nick definitely has to go. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Be awesome to see him here. All right. So, um, anything else you wanna you get? A beautiful house. Uh, thank you. <laughs> There's like, I don't know, there's a thunderstorm or something, which might explain the internet, but it's still weird. Oh, yeah. Because, like, our cable is underground. It's buried. There shouldn't be any problems. All right. Well, I want to thank each and every one of you tonight to, that came on. And also everybody in the chat, as Linda would say, all my pair of peeps, my chatters. Um <laughs> Thank you for being here each week with us. Um, wouldn't be able to do it without you guys. That's right. And um, I didn't even look to see who we have next week. So it'll be a surprise. Susan <laughs> again. Yeah. No, no, no. Susan no. round two. Yeah. This is where she's unfiltered. She wants to talk all the, all the shit. No, it's all the stuff people really want to know. Like, oh yeah, what kind of bumpers do I have on the one wheel, and what kind of fender, and what kind of grip tape? <laughs> Not those paramotor gear questions. All right, so we ready to say goodnight? We better. Yeah. All right. You guys have a wonderful night. And Susan, you have good flights on Friday. Hopefully you see what the weather back. does. Yep. Um, it looks like we're not going to get some good stuff here. So, but thank you again, all. And we'll see you next week. I got to make sure I got the right outro here. Crap. Yep. If we don't see you on there, we'll see you in there. That's yeah. right. <laughs> be there or be square. <laughs> night, all. Good night. Good night. <laughs> We're caught in burning fire.